0: Do you, ever go th- do you ever go through life sometimes wondering and wishing whether things could be different? Maybe it's because of the mistakes you made in your life, or the circumstances, or the tragedies you've experienced, and you just wonder, ah, oh, I wish things were different. I found this theme, this, I was reminded of this when I was watching a movie recently. It was uh, depicted in Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. And just a quick caveat, of course, no movie's perfect, and Disney's gone a little bit woke, and that's another homily. But, of course, parents have to be mindful of what you're watching with kids. But I think in this particular movie, it depicts in symbolism what is a common experience of each person. So there's a bit of spoiler alert, but I won't ruin the whole movie. And so basically the plot of this movie is that there's this this former superhero Uh, Wanda Maximoff, also known as the Scarlet Witch. And she's experienced some tragedy in her life. And she's trying to steal this special power from this young teenage girl. And Doctor Strange, who is another superhero, who's kind of like a wizard with a cloak, he's basically trying to protect her throughout the whole movie. That's basically the the whole movie. And this young girl, whose name is America Chavez, she has a special ability. She has the ability, kind of like by punching she can enter and go into what's known as the multiverse. Now I have to explain that as well too. So the multiverse is basically an alternate form of reality. So for example, you know, in this reality, I'm Father Troy, but maybe, you know, obviously the multiverse doesn't exist, that there's another multiverse where I'm Father Troy, but an astronaut, or another reality where I'm Father Troy as an NBA player. And so in this movie, it depicts different alternate realities. There's one reality where red means go and green means stop, or there's a paint reality where everything's out of paint, or there's a cartoon reality. And the reason why Wanda wants to steal the power from this teenage girl is because she wants to go to an alternate universe so that she can be with her kids. Because as we go through the movie, you find out that In her reality, in her universe, she doesn't have kids. But in her dreams, she's reminded of potentially another reality where she is with her kids. And if you dive into the psychology of that, and I find it very interesting, it's really, because what she's doing, she's destroying buildings and fighting people and doing all this damage just to be with her children. Because at the heart of it, she wants and she wishes that things We're different. You know, all of us sometimes wish that things were different in our lives. Sometimes we experience challenge with your kids, with work, maybe in your marriage or family, the loss of a loved one or some pain you experience. And unlike the movies, you can't go to an alternate universe. But sometimes we try to escape in other ways. We create alternate universes by going on our phones or watching TV or having food or drink and things like that. Or we escape, try to escape this painful reality by euthanizing it. Or sometimes we reject the objective nature that God has given to us. And this ties in with Advent because in Advent, we are entering into the season of longing, of entering into the longing of the Jewish people for Jesus. And if we reflect deeply we begin to realize that our longings here and now in the 21st century is actually not that much different from the longing of the Jewish people 2,000 years ago because in some ways they longed and wished that things were different as well. We hear this in the first reading. I want you to focus on the image of the stump of Jesse. We all know that Jesse is the father of David. And so we know the Jesse tree represents the line of David, but not, not just the hereditary line, but the royal line of David. And this line is with the line that God promised would exist forever, that the kings would be everlasting. And But Isaiah, he's writing this book in the 8th or 7th century, and he's prophesying a time when this tree would become a stump. And what that means then is that this line of kings would end. And that's what happened several hundred years later. In the 6th century, the Babylonians in the east came to Jerusalem and they destroyed the whole city. And not only that, they took the king's sons and the king and then they killed all of the king's sons before him and then they took out his eyes. So that the last thing that he saw was the death of his royal lineage. The last thing he saw was the tree becoming a stump. So imagine then you're one of the remnants in Israel and you're there and the temple has been burned down and the kings are gone and God seems to have disappeared from the situation and you're probably wondering and wishing that things were different. And so Israel's longing is our sometimes our longing as well too, that when things get difficult, we wish things were different. And of course, if we have the power to change things to make it better, or if, it's, it's, if we're in a, an abusive relationship, of course we should try to escape that. But sometimes in our life, there's things we cannot escape. And so, what God is doing is He's inviting us, instead of escaping, instead of running away, He's inviting us to stay. In fact, He's inviting us to go into the desert. I think the word for us today in the second week of Advent is that if you want to find renewal, go into the desert. Because that's what John the Baptist is almost saying to us just by his own actions. You see, what's really interesting about John the Baptist is that he's doing his ministry, as we hear in the gospel, by the River Jordan. And if you know a a little bit about Israelite geography, the Jordan River is 32 kilometers from Jerusalem. That's, you know, that's that's a far distance. But what's interesting is that the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea, as we hear in the gospel, they came out to him. Why did they do that? I think there's two reasons. The first reason is that John is preaching this message about the kingdom of heaven becoming at hand. Because if you say that the kingdom of heaven is near, it means that there is a king at hand. And so for the Israelites who've been longing for a king, which we hear in the first reading, A king has been missing for 600 years. And so if someone's preaching that the kingdom is near, that's a message of great hope. And that's what the image is of the shoot coming from the stump. We know that sometimes if you chop a tree down, it's not completely dead, and sometimes there's a a shoot or a a branch that continues to grow from the stump. And so this image is used in the Old Testament to remind us that it's a symbol of the new air coming. And so John the Baptist's message is one of great hope. But the second thing which is really interesting is that, well, why didn't he preach that message by the temple where there's so many people, or in Jerusalem or Bethlehem where David was born? The reason why John the Baptist did it at the Jordan and preached this message is because of the special, of the history of Israel. As we know, when the Israelites were freed from Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, and then they wandered through the desert. But before they could go into the Holy Land, they had to cross the Jordan River. And so the Jordan River was the culmination and the sign of the end of the Exodus and entering into the Holy Land. And so when John the Baptist is at the Jordan, it has deep and rich symbolism for the people of Israel. What John the Baptist is almost saying, just by his action of being there, is that there's going to be a new exodus. And we're not running away from Egypt. We're not gonna be freed from slavery to Egypt. We're gonna be freed from the slavery to sin and death. And we're gonna enter not an earthly holy land, but we're gonna enter into the heavenly holy land where our eternal king reigns forever. And this is where we will find renewal. And so I think that's what God is inviting us to do. He's inviting us to find renewal in the desert. And the desert is a symbol for the difficult and challenging moments of our life, for those dry moments of our life, for those dead times in our life, for those situations in which we wish that things were different. But God is saying to us that instead of running away from the desert to find renewal, He's saying, find renewal in the desert. And so this Advent is an invitation to go into the deserts of our life, to go into those challenging situations with our kids, with work, with family, with our marriage, with the loss of a loved one, with the pain that we feel. And God is inviting us to go and find Him in the midst of these deserts. He doesn't want us just to go there to experience pain, but He's saying, go there because that's where I am. Because sometimes we feel like we need to get out of these challenging situations to find God, but God is saying the opposite. In fact, it's there that you will find me. You see, in the Old Testament, the desert isn't just a place of temptation and trial and testing. For the book of the prophet Hosea, the desert is a place of encounter. The book of the prophet Hosea says that God will speak to the heart of his people. He will establish a covenant with them and espouse them forever to him, but he wants to do it in the desert. And so the desert then is the place where we can encounter a deeper experience of God's love. And so my brothers and sisters, sometimes in our life we wish things were different, but sometimes they can't be. And so in this Advent, God... He's giving us an invitation to find renewal in the desert. He's inviting us not to run away from the challenges and the difficulties of our life, but in fact to embrace them, to embrace the desert, so that we can encounter Him there. And so this Advent, as we're continuing to search for the Lord in our desert, it actually prepares us for Christmas. Because Christmas isn't just about God being born 2,000 years ago in a faraway country, Christmas makes it possible for us to discover God again in our daily life, here and now. To discover, as Jesus reminds us before he ascended to heaven, that he is with us always, even until the end of the age.